Welcome to episode 26 of The Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. Stephen. What's up? What's up, man? Episode 26. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Cool. Yeah, episode 26. Not bad. What's happening? What's happening with you? Oh, man. You know, the 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 how the fuck did I get here moments just yeah. keep rolling. They keep piling up. Oh, yeah. my God. Yesterday morning, 9 a.m., at the appliance store, debating the difference between full-size, you know, (laughs) refrigerators and (laughs) counter-even refrigerators. And here's the thing that's incredible. The ones that, when they install, are even with your counter, are smaller but more expensive. <laughs> of course, How the fuck I mean, did it's I get here? Interesting. It's very interesting that whatever is the is best suited for your kitchen is going to be the more expensive to, one. By definition, will be the most expensive one. Oh no, no, no! This is the only one that will work with the setup in your kitchen. Right, exactly. And so and you you're looking at something. They're like, oh, this one's in our price range, and it's like a frigid air, like literal ice box from the 1930s. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was in like my townhouse in college. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh no, I think we can do this. Like, that's a beer refrigerator, Stephen. <laughs> and it's like two feet tall. Like, what? We don't need a nice maker, do we? It's such an unbelievable thing. Dude, debating the the different qualities of dishwashers is something oh I God. definitely wanted to be doing on a Saturday morning. I don't oh. think I ever, ever ever want to do that no matter how old I get no matter how much money I have lining my pockets I don't care wait a second wait a second it gets even better from the appliance store oh god we went to the tile store and looked at backsplashes yeah baby (laughs) you are living the dream oh my god oh no seriously it's so great like you know I'm trying to be romantic with Lauren, getting busy, and she's like, "Hey, did you read the reviews on the on the on the uh, garbage disposal thing for the sink?" I'm like, "It's become obsessed." Yeah. I'm like, "Hey, baby, it's a I little wonder, bit of a long time." She's like, "Do you want the ultra quiet or the quiet?" Well, I, I don't know. One has one moment. horsepower, the other one has three quarters of a horsepower. <laughs> I, I wonder why at that particular moment she thought about the garbage. Yeah, disposal. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, it's been yeah. a it's been a good, good times. Good times, absolutely awesome. I mean, the only way that that day could get better is if you had lunch at TGI Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> for, fortunately, no, I did not. And we actually went out for some amazing Indian food last night. But geez, it was like so they had the you know, special is, for for dudes in their forties. <laughs> Let me tell you something. And then the cop- just the copious amounts of money that I'm just writing checks for is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. But whatever. It's going to be gorgeous when it's all done. And I'm going to be very oh, happy. Steven, Steven, your kitchen is gorgeous. Use it in good health, <laughs> darling. Use it in good health. <laughs> May you burn a lot of turkeys in your oven. <laughs> Who's going to be able to afford a turkey after this, man? It's going to be it's all a good point. all cereal and beans. I mean, you've you know what? Through. You're going to have to go out and hunt your own. <laughs> well, there are a lot of deer in the backyard. If I if I if I I'm not getting a gun, I could get a bow and arrow and get kill a the bow deer. and arrow. That's what I'm talking about. And you just hang out on your porch, like Johnny Rambo, and be like, should I? 
There's a deer. <laughs> Daddy just killed a deer in the backyard, Mommy. <laughs> like, like Again? I guess we're going to eat for the next two weeks now. Like Johnny Rambo in First Blood Part 2, where he goes to <laughs> Vietnam to get the non-existent POWs, and he puts little <laughs> explosives on the tips of his, uh, his bow and arrow. I just blow up deer in the backyard. You'll be like the suburban Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> there was any th- episode, any episode where we can bring up Sylvester Stallone is a good one. Successful, is a successful episode. Yeah, I, I have a vague recollection of a third uh, Rambo movie where he like goes to Afghanistan and blows the crap out of the Russians in Afghanistan. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty good. That was around the time of Rocky Five when he was. No, that was that's got to be pre-Rocky Five. It's, it's all around the same time. Yeah. It all morphs together in my mind. Exactly. That, so, that was when Sylvester Stallone got in his head that he alone could beat the Russians, could defeat the Soviet <laughs> Union, and he was right. Obviously, <laughs> right. he was right. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no problem. I got this. Yeah, my, <laughs> uh, my 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 how the fuck did I get here moment this week? Or I had several. We were Whoa, invited to several. Not, not one, but two. So-and-so is turning 50. Come and celebrate. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice to see old friends, but uh, do, we, do we need to emphasize the old part and old friends so right. much? I mean, in 50. Is 50 the new 30? Is, or is 50 no, just the 50? I think 50 is the old 50. Jesus. That's going to make yeah. me sad to start it going is. on. I mean... Thankfully, you and I are so way, way, that's so far in our future. It's like another (laughs) two years. 18 months for me, baby. I still have more than that, but not by much. But um, yeah, that's way in the future for us. Like way, like a year and a half from now. No way is that happening too quickly. Oh my God. So it's a strange, strange feeling. Wait, when do you get, what, what year, how old do you have to be to get an AARP card? I think when you're 50, they start hitting you up with shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to die. I'm going to That's not happening. AARP if I get an AARP card. thing on, like, my 50th birthday, I'm going to freak the fuck out. That's why people freak the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why they go out and, like, buy yellow Porsches and, like, exactly. date Divorce women half their age. Oh, my God. Because they get the yeah. AARP card. That's why you got to burn it. I'm burn totally the burning the AARP card when yeah. I get it. Oh, my God. Along- yeah. So was that, that was that it? Protest. The, well, the, I mean, then then we went to a friend's uh, daughter's quinceanera, which oh. for those of you who don't know is the fifteenth fifteenth birthday celebration uh, in the Latino culture. Our Latin uh, friends <laughs> in the Latin culture, instead of having a sweet sixteen, they have or a bat mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. They have a quinceanera. Yeah, it was yes. fun, but again. My buddy was also, like, affected by how old his kids are getting and, like, it's all happening too quickly. And, uh, you know. Dude, I feel that every day. Yeah. Well, you know, we're sort of at this weird age where we're watching our parents get old and die. Right. And watching our kids grow up and leave the house. (laughs) (laughs) My sister commented how... You know, you actually don't have your kids for very long. No, they, that's you know. why my parents. That's why my parents never wanted us to go to sleepaway camp. That was their rationale. Uh, They're like, no. we don't have you for that long, so we're not going to give you away two months out of every year. I, I want my kids should've. to go to sleepaway camp. I think they should have. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I should have totally like, 
This should have been this way for like four months every year. Even before Maddie and Mia were born, I would say, oh, my nightmare is if my kids don't like sleepaway camp. <laughs> that's, par- that's parenting right there. Parenting 101. No, but it's true. Like, we don't have them for a long time. And, you know, next year is Jordan's last year in the house with us. Like, that's a scary thought. Oh, my God. He's not 12? No. Jeez, he's, he's, he's not, not 12. 12 to me. I mean, I saw him a couple weeks ago. He's almost as tall as you, or maybe even taller, but he's still like 12. He's now eclipsed me in the the height. In two weeks? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, And then, so last night, Jordan wasn't with us, but, you know, some of our friends who were there was like, "Um, yeah, Jordan's taller than I am. And my friend was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) So, yeah, he's he's not in kindergarten anymore, which is when he first met him. It's like, yeah. Jordan's not in kindergarten anymore, but how the fuck did that happen? It's crazy. He's going to college? Yeah, eventually. Oh, my God. Eventually. If he gets in. Jordan, if he gets in. Because, you know, you know he's, he's not that bright. Well, he takes after me. So <laughs> when, he, when he was little, like yeah. five, six years old, and he first started to understand the concept of one day going away to college, he said, I don't want to go to college. I'm oh, like, he didn't say, can you get me one of those small refrigerators to put the beer in? No, he, nah. he already had one. He had one in his room next to his bong. <laughs> he said, I don't want to go to college. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, I'm going to miss you guys too much. Uh, and I said, I said, Jordan, I said, don't killer. worry. I'm going with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, Yeah. He's like, yeah, we could go to Columbia together. I'm like, we're not going to Columbia. That's way too close to home. We're going to Stanford. You and I are going to Stanford. You, and Michelle, she, Michelle was like, what about me? I was like, don't worry. We'll visit you over break. <laughs> it's like in that Rodney Dangerfield movie. Exactly. Only I would go to class and I wouldn't hire Kurt Vonnegut to write the papers for us. Hey, call me when you got no class. It would be it would be kind of like back to school with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh only. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be as rich or as funny as or as old as he was in that movie. I would mean, you be able to do the triple indie? I could probably do like a single indie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. I could do a cannonball. <laughs> that movie was unbelievable. <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut shows up with the paper. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that was a great movie. It was a great, totally because, underrated. I don't think it's underrated. I think it's properly rated. I no, think I don't think I don't think it gets enough recognition in the kind of canon of that like I don't know. late eighties comedy I've always, hilarity I've kind of thing. Said it was great. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but the roommate. You remember who his kid's roommate was? Yeah, it was um, what's his name? Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, who, which is a pretty good football role. was a metaphor for thermonuclear. War. Exactly, Derek Lutz. Derek Lutz was the name of his character. It's a neo—he called it a neo-fascist metaphor for nuclear war. I don't know which—that doesn't mean anything. I know, but it's still—you know, when you're 16 years old, you're like, whoa, that's interesting. But if you also remember, the foil in that movie was none other than Sweep the Leg Johnny, the same Uh, actor, Billy Zabka. Billy Zabka wow. played the asshole diving competitor. Right, 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 right. Who was uh, Johnny from Karate Kid. Oh he played the same role in pretty much every Everything, movie. right. Yeah, he's just the, the douchebag. <laughs> we need a douchebag. Oh, you know who's get, the Get that Billy guy, Zabka. right, what's that guy? Get Billy Zabka. His, uh, in his IMDb thing, it says douchebag. Yeah. 
I mean, that was part of his resume. It's like, if you need, like, a douchebag between the ages of 15 and 24, I'm your douchebag. Right. By the way, yeah. I don't know if you heard this, but talking about getting old and stuff, not that she was old, but what's her name from Happy Days? Joni died. Aaron Moran. Aaron Moran. Aaron Moran. Joni yeah. died. Joni died. Yeah, Chachi lives. But Chachi lives. There's no justice in <laughs> There world. is no justice. Well, they're both Trump supporters, right? I think she may have been also, but Chachi, we know. Chachi, I mean, Trump definitely. I think she was yeah. on the God Squad for a while after yeah, the whole she, serious holy true. roller in between yeah, stints with the heroine. She was what, like 56 years old? 56, yeah, something like that. She only had her 50th birthday party six years ago. I know. Now she's dead. How does that make you feel? Terrible. <laughs> How the fuck did I get here, man? Seriously, how did Joni die? <laughs> I'm guessing drugs. Hard life. Yeah. The hard, hard uh, living. Hard living. Hard L.A. living. Uh, she hard was found in Milwaukee, though, right? Or is that where Happy Days was supposed to be? That's I'm where confused. Happy Days was uh, set in Milwaukee. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's terrible, man. <laughs> she... <laughs> We should not make light of this, but she was she was found dead on the street where Laverne and Shirley lived. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is not funny. We it's shouldn't joke about funny. this. Penny this Marshall found her. I don't know her. why you're forcing me to say these things. <laughs> Penny Marshall found her. Oh my God! <laughs> Perpetually single and horny, Laverne. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> This is terrible. <laughs> oh god! So did you go to the did you go to the science march? I did. I did for it was pouring like a bastard, and then we just this is the weekend we had to do all of this stuff. Oh yeah, because we're going to Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know if we'll have enough time. I know. I think we're going today, but this is you know I'm going. I'm traveling. Um, Where are you going? Oh, uh, dude, I'm I'm going to Berlin. I don't know if I can go though. Why? <laughs> it has nothing to do with like. Are you going to give a speech at the Berlin Wall and say <laughs> "Ich bin ein Berliner"? <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Although I may say I don't. I I can't go, and it has nothing to do with like Germany's Nazi past. I've been to Germany plenty <laughs> no, that times. Doesn't, that doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> I'm, so I'm. I'm taking part in a conference put on by the Heinrich Boll Foundation or Stiftung in German. And I'm on one of the events is a panel and the person chairing my panel, his name is Dr. Rolf. And I guess in German it's pronounced Fuchs, but in, it's spelled yeah. F-U-C-K-S. So his name is Fox. Ralph Fox. <laughs> nice. You got to go to that conference just to meet Ralph Fox. I can't. I can't go. Yeah, you got to go. Come on. You're a professional. You just need to sit there and be like, well, Dr. Fox, I believe, Dr. Fox, that the situation in Turkey is more serious and grave today than at any time in the last <laughs> Actually, 72 years, Dr. Well, Fox. Well, what do doc, you think, Dr. Fox? Dr. Fox, that's a penetrating question you've asked. <laughs> that's a probing I'd like to question you I'd like to take it deeper. Deeper. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. 
You are gonna you're gonna take a picture with him, and we're gonna post it on the Amen Corner Facebook page oh and say Stephen Cooks. It's gonna be terrible. Stephen Cooks and Doctor Fucks. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be able. I'm not gonna be able to answer a single question with a straight face. Just don't look at him. <laughs> you know, don't I've look at him. It's just the guy's heard. name. I haven't even met him. I've never even laid eyes on him. They sent me the panel. I started. Cracking! I've been laughing since Friday. I've heard that Doctor Fuck's panels go all night long. Is that true? <laughs> you know, I'd be very impressed <laughs> if Ralph Fuck's panels went all day long. <laughs> that, that dude's in good shape. <laughs> well, with his probing and penetrating questions, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I can't go. I gotta yeah. cancel. I can't no. go. This is—it's gonna be terrible. You have to do this. For I'm a child. I'm a. Don't put That's me on true. a panel with a guy named Ralph Fox. That's true. Oh you are a child. You, know, you should. Can you do me a favor and steal his name card? <laughs> oh God, yes. That's what You're I'm gonna doing. We're gonna take a picture of you with the name card, and holding it. In front <laughs> I'm of totally you stealing and hide the name, the name thing. Ralph. I hope he has like a badge. I'm and taking can, that badge. I'm putting it up yeah. with all the stuff that I collect in the Middle East. And I'm, yeah. I'm showcasing my my Professor Ralph Fox badge. It's going to go next to Bashar al-Assad or Hafiz al-Assad or Hosni Mubarak or something. Is his, name, is his first name pronounced Ralph or Rolf? I'm guessing it's... Well, you're the one with the German passport. I'm guessing Rolf. Rolf. Rolf, Rolf Fuchs. Rolf, but, Rolf he, you know, Fuchs. can you imagine him coming to Customs and Border Protection here? Now, let me get this is straight. He, Your name is Ralph Fox? You know that, 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 guy some, that there's some TSA dude who's like, I'm going to fuck with him. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Ralph fucks anytime he wants. Ralph, I bet Ralph has like 15 kids. Maybe. I hope he's not a mother Ralpher. <laughs> I, I hope he's not listening to the podcast. More importantly. I know, we're just starting to break into the German market. So, yeah, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to say the least. I'll tell you, one of the biggest pains in the ass about Berlin is that you can't fly direct there. Where do you have to fly into? uh, This time I'm going through London, which is all right. But where are you going? I'm leaving Wednesday night. We're gonna do. Should we can do the? We're gonna do the Amen Corner while I'm in Berlin next week. That'll be awesome. You should be live podcasting from right next to Ralph Fox. (laughs) What happens as a guest? (laughs) <laughs> That'll be awesome. I'm gonna brush up on my German, and we'll uh, we'll interview him in German. I speak I speak some airport German. Anschlussflügen. <laughs> connecting flights. Anschlussflügen. <laughs> that's my that's connecting flights, man. Yeah, there you go. That's you know that's the thing in Munich and uh, and Frankfurt. They're meanwhile, all about the Anschluss. They're all about the Anschluss. <laughs> meanwhile, back in the U.S. Back in the U.S.A. Uh, or back in the USSR, as we, are, <laughs> as we will be known shortly. The Attorney General, the Grand Wizard, Je- is up Jeff, to his old Jeff, tricks. Chef Beauregard Sessions? Chef Beauregard Sessions is up to his old tricks again. He's, What's he up to? Well, he's, uh, he, wants, he sent a nasty letter to sanctuary cities who are not obeying the federal government in being jackbooted Nazis and rounding up immigrants who uh, have no criminal records because— he doesn't want any brown people in the United States. Well, I mean, 
interesting. That's kind of in line with his philosophy. Right? Well, it's not. I mean, he's a conservative, right? So shouldn't I don't know what he is. States rights over. He's a, he's a Klansman. He is. Fine. Why he should just put the put on the hood and the sheet and just get it over with. I mean, come on, just drop the suit and put on the sheet and the hood. So and he sent a, he sent letters to like New York, San Francisco, Philadelphia, New Orleans, a couple other places that are quote unquote sanctuary cities or right. otherwise known as treating people humanely right. and treating um, human beings like human beings <laughs> right with common which is a decency. radical concept apparently and saying demanding that they show proof that they're cooperating with federal authorities and with the uh, immigration and customs enforcement otherwise known as the what SS about, what about states rights like you just said right I don't know apparently not states, That's, states rights only counts when you want to disenfranchise people <laughs> or, or, or allow people to carry guns everywhere but that's the only time that but, states' uh, rights. But apparently, not if states wanted to make decisions about things like weed. Right. That, then that's for the federal government to decide. Or the District of Columbia wants to make decisions about women's health, weed, right. uh, assisted suicide, things like and that. Yeah. The hypocrisy here is just unreal. The, the grossness uh, of all this shit is, is it's just too overwhelming. I'm just I'm absolutely shocked by this. Shocked. Not really. So he sends. So he. So, yeah. How can you be shocked? There's nothing anymore in the shocking. So he sends this letter to these nine sanctuary cities, and then the Department of Justice issues this press release, which talks about how New York City is soft on crime. Oh and really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think it really pissed off the NYPD big time, and, and especially big since way. crime is at an all time low. I, I can tell you that living in New York City, and I have been a, a little, you know, I'm a little bit involved in the community, so right. I have been to, um, the the local police precinct has a monthly meeting for the people who live in within the precinct where you can come, and it's an open forum to right. the community. Right, and Do, at do you this wear forum, your Black Lives Matter t-shirt there? Uh I did, but the cops beat me up. <laughs> they beat the shit out of me. They beat the crap out of me, and I left. <laughs> but before I left, they hand out these uh, data sheets, right? With crimes, with crime statistics on it, and they do historical comparisons from right. the same period, like last year, five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen right. years ago, and twenty years ago. Let me tell you something. This is a safe city. <laughs> yeah. That violent crime, all crimes are down by, like, you know, orders of magnitude. I think 20 years ago, whatever period, time period I was looking at, there were, like, 5,600 crimes committed in, in the precinct area. Right. And in the same period, 20 years later, there were, like, 1,800. <laughs> wow. I mean, and the number of violent crimes, percentage of violent crimes, down, down, down. What is the biggest safety concern in this police precinct on the Upper West Side? Pedestrians. Traffic. Yeah. Traffic accidents. I that's, that's the biggest deal. You so know, the, the most dangerous thing is crossing 96th Street. <laughs> not, not going into certain neighborhoods, not walking in the park at night. I bet if you took everybody's phones away from them, you'd have even less of a problem crossing 96th Street. Some of that might be, but I mean, there have been some incidents... Believe it or not, there were more than one instance of high-speed chases where the police were involved. Really? That resulted, like yeah, chips. that resulted 
that resulted in pedestrian fatalities. Oh, my God. Because the cops chased down... There was one incident where somebody was uh, was uh, robbing the... Um, like the Dwayne Reed on the corner or the whatever pharmacy there a, on the corner. Wasn't there a huge incident at uh, Barney Greengrass? Oh, yeah. There was that shootout at Barney Greengrass after uh, after the price of locks went up by like 50 cents a quarter there was a bloodbath. It was gangland warfare in Bear. front of Barney Greengrass. Over the, over shot, the price of locks. They shot down Gary Greengrass in front of his store because he, the price of locks of smoked fish went up a little bit. He's sleeping with the gefilte fishes now. He's sleeping with the gefilte fish. <laughs> so, yeah. so honestly... So Jeff what, Sessions... What is Jeff he, Sessions talking about? I, I, We're of two minds in this. I yeah. think... That Jeff Sessions is from like deep red Alabama. Well, I don't think true. he's ever been to New York City, and he and has this image of like escape from New York because that's like his know. level of mentality. Like I, the late '80s, I, early '90s warfare in I, the streets on, the of New York been, City, where even like in Midtown, you were in danger. That's what I think that. they think. No, I think that you're more conspiratorial. I think they're dumb. Yeah, you think they're up to something else. This is, this is a pretext for them to, you know, call in federal federal troops. Wow. I know they this, talked this about that pre- with regard to Chicago, right? Exactly. Exactly. This is a pretext. There, there's no bump in crime here. I mean, anybody can walk around and see, look, there might be some more, um, there may be some more drug addicts around. There may be some more homeless people, which is probably true across the board, not right. just in New York City. Right. No, no, it's terrible but, in D.C. It's terrible. Yeah, but that doesn't, that, right. that doesn't, you know, mean that there's an uptick in rapes, murders, yeah. robberies. Like, that's just not true. Right. So they're using this as a pretext. They want to they take power away. Because um, they because don't what like... what else are they going to do? They're not popular. <laughs> right. It's an unpopular administration. Um, and this and is they have the... no... And they're 100 days in, close enough, and... They have nothing to point to that they've actually accomplished. And the, and I mean, the crazy thing is, the speak, talking about pretexts, this is a pre, the pretext is, is that violent immigrants. I, yeah. Sure, there have been a couple of high-profile incidents, but only high-profile because Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions have made a big deal of it. But by and large, 90, what, 90-plus 90 percent, even more, you know, 95-plus percent, of crime in this country are committed by people who were born here, not immigrants. Right. But I mean, you know, that whole thing, like, shouldn't we, conservatives always talk about a personal responsibility, right. right? Politics and personal responsibility. So why is it that when an immigrant commits a crime, the entire group of immigrants gets blamed for it <laughs> right, instead, of, right. instead of blaming the one person who actually committed the crime? Right. right. When when do we you know do we go after uh, yes we go after African Americans all of all of oh. corporate America when some white collar criminal does something wrong banksters I wish you know I, I think I wish the folks on Wall Street who committed these crimes would would have a little more shame but they, they don't but but uh, well, if you're they're, they're if you're an immigrant if you're African American and someone commits a crime if you're if you're a Muslim. You are tainted. Everybody's guilty. Yeah. But if you're Everybody's a white guilty. collar, or if you're some white dude with a gun who goes postal and shoots up a bunch you're of people, Ill. you're mentally ill. But everybody else, yeah. it's it's the fault of the community, who and everybody exactly. needs to denounce. 
But I don't see Jeff Sessions denouncing every white dude who does who does wrong. How could he? That's his entire base. I know. <laughs> What's what happens when you're the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan for the United States of America? Do you get a special hood for being the Grand Wizard? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, he like must have his hood belt? in his chambers at the Department of Justice. That's fucked up, huh? You think in the locker room he just <laughs> walks around with the hood and the sheet and he's like, how you like me now, bitches? <laughs> <laughs> Deport them all. That would be pretty funny. That would be pretty funny. Yeah, it would be pretty funny, except that it's not so fucking it's funny at all because he's no, a sick motherfucker. Just the way he talks, it sounds and like he's... he's the Attorney General of he's the United Attorney States General. of America. We're going we're to get all the people... Criminals, they have no expectation. Brown people, and just I, I, he sounds like Roscoe P. Coltrane to me. Good, like good, 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 good. <laughs> I'm gonna get those boys. Yeah. Oh my god. What if Roscoe P. Coltrane actually became president of the United States? <laughs> he, he's become the attorney general. Off. He's close. Yeah, we're not that far off. <laughs> like. Do you imagine? Yeah, I think we used to watch that program. That's the, like, the, the, the General Lee and all that. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with putting the stars and bars on a car. Like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Confederate flag. Sure. You know, you're growing up in Long Island. I'm in New Jersey. I'm, like, I'm guessing a lot of, South, guessing a lot of African Americans like. didn't watch that show. I don't know. There was there wasn't an Af- there wasn't any African Americans in it, but that's not a surprise. There was no African Americans on TV at the time except for O.J. Simpson. That's not true. There were some shows. Oh yeah, Wait a there minute. was good Wait times. I would like I would like to know. Yeah. If in the history of Dukes of Hazard, was there ever a person of color on the show? <laughs> I'm guessing no way. That would be that's quite the question. By the way, the guy who's who played Cooter now has like yeah. some store. Is it in Virginia or West Virginia or Tennessee? No, he's in Georgia. Oh yeah, and it's he just ran like for Congress when I went to when I was at Emory, he ran for Congress. And you he can, may have been our congressman. You can actually go and get a white sheet at his store. He has like a whole up with the Confederacy store. So there's what no was way ben, ben there was something. an African American who ever appeared on the Dukes of Hazard. I would love to know. If there ever was an African American on Dukes of Hazard, maybe one of our yeah. maybe one of our many millions of listeners will know. They can maybe post we'll it on the Facebook page. A couple summers ago, yeah. me and I, me and I binge watched the Brady Bunch. Oh, right, all however many episodes we watched it over the course of the summer. And a few episodes in, a few episodes in, I started to pay attention to see if there were ever any African Americans portrayed in the show. Okay. Every once in a while, yeah. when there would be a group of random kids from one of the kids' <laughs> schools, there'd be like the token African American with a big afro who would no, not really, but Dance? they would never have a they would never have a speaking line, <laughs> never. And it got to the point where Mia, who was like nine at the time, she'd right. be like, oh, "Random African American, there's the random <laughs> That's African American." Awesome. When it's time to change, you got to you got to rearrange who you are and what you're gonna do. Oh my God, that show! Yeah, well, that show holds. They didn't even have real grass on that show in their backyard. It was it was astroturf. That's that's true, but. We can talk more about the Brady Bunch at a different time because that was a seminal show in my life. 
It was a seminal show. But I think we may be at the end of our All right. show. All right. Well, episode 26 is in the done. Books. Is in the books. In the books. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All right. We'll be back. Inshallah. Inshallah. We'll Bye-bye.